Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Trainer's Hut. I'm Todd Blum, your host of your favourite racing podcast. We're here in The Trainer's Hut studios. I'm very excited for this week's edition. We're speaking to Marc Chevalier, who he's new to the Australian training ranks, but he's certainly not new to the Australian industry. He journeyed down from France, working with the Aga Khan, breaking in yearlings there. And, gee, not a bad gig that is. It's some of the best bred bloodstock the world has to offer, breaking them in, their early education. He comes down to Arrowfield Stud, as so many of these European horsemen, very talented that they are, and Arrowfield, what an asset that is to the industry, bringing these people in from overseas. Had he spent some time at Danny O'Brien's, more recently working with the likes of Russian Camelot, Vaughan Declare, have played an integral role there at Danny O'Brien's before going out on his own. Previous to that, Macedon Lodge, some experience at Gary Moore as assistant trainer, working with Takedown. We all remember the scenes of... Takedown, winning the Winterbottom Stakes, and Gary Moore running down the straight. One of the many reasons that we all love racing. But keen to find out this journey from the Frenchman, Marc Chevalier, and how it got to Hawkesbury. So let's head to him now here in the trainer's hut. This is Marc Chevalier. Down towards the fence and further back, Rock Magic in the home straight, though. Shidel headed for home. Here comes the Colossus takedown, though, with his run. Oliver went to work. The great mare, Shidel, back on familiar ground. The leader, takedown, keeps coming. A run on the inside for Malaguira. Shidel, takedown, closing. Takedown and Shidel go to the line. Give it to takedown. It's a touchdown in the winter bottom. Takedown has won it from Shidel. Joining me now in the trainer's hut, which is somewhere that Mark Chevalier is going to be spending a lot more time as one of the newest members to the training ranks here in Australia, setting up the base at Hawkesbury. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. You've gone out on your own, taken the licence out, training under the own name. You were at Danny O'Brien's previously, but you've set the base up there at Hawkesbury and got a nice little property there, Mark. Well, that's right. Yeah, I've, I've always, uh, it's always been my um, my plan to uh, to move back to New South Wales. I've spent a lot of time here and uh, and I, I don't think there's any uh, any better place than uh, at the provincial to, to start training, especially in New South Wales with uh, with those new um, the midway races, especially. How did you settle on Hawkesbury to to set up as your training base? Yeah, so I've, I've seen um, I've seen the property was for rent uh, online, and uh, and I went to see it, and I, and I thought that was just just a perfect setup for me. Uh, there's 14 big boxes, and uh, I've got a brand new walker. I've just redone the sand roll. I've got direct access to uh, the back track, which takes me straight to the uh, main track at Holtzbury. So now, really, it's a great setup for me. It's certainly a training base on the up, isn't it? I mean, your neighbour there, Ed Cummings, he's trained a Group One winner out of there, and there's plenty of other top trainers that are training out of there. So it's certainly got all the bells and whistles. The Hawkesbury training facility, doesn't it? Well, absolutely, and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of young trainers that are moving to Hawkesbury now, and it makes a lot of sense. The journey to become a trainer, Mark, we mentioned that your most recent role was with Danny O'Brien, playing a prominent role in the training of horses such as Russian Camelot and Vaughan Declare. And I suppose the base at Bowen Heads that Danny utilises that just gives you another bit of added experience in these training properties that aren't in the metropolitan area. Well, absolutely, and that's something I've noticed at, at Danny's, and uh, I've learned from it that uh, when, when those some some horses that have spent too much time in Flemington and uh, they, they're getting a bit sour there, uh, we just send them to Bowen Heads, and they just seem to grow leg over there. They, they're just so happy to get out of the city, and, and I, I firmly believe that that, that a racehorse, a thoroughbred especially, is is not meant to be living in the city. Talk a bit about where it started back in Europe in a moment, because that's where. Obviously, you're from France and, and you grew up and developed your horseman skills there. But 
you came to Australia to work at Arrowfield, and from Arrowfield, you were working with you know some of the best bred horses this country has to offer, and then you left Arrowfield to have a assistant trainer role with Gary Moore there at Rose Hill. Tell us a little bit about your time with Gary as your first sort of role in a training sense. Yeah, I moved from Arrowfield. Um, Gary was just uh, setting up his table uh, at Rose Hill, so he was moving back from Macau. And together we've had good success with, um, especially trained a horse called Takedown, and and he was he was a machine of a horse, and and and. and and uh, Gary won his first group one with him. He was very, very special horse. I, um, I remember the day he shot it to the stable, and I, I just look at Gary and I say, well, "Look at the size of this thing. He'll never make a racehorse, Gary. You should just send it back." And, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've, I've never been more wrong in my life because he ended up being the first two-year-old winner of the season for us. Uh, he won two groups three in a row uh, as a two-year-old, and uh, later on he won the winter bottom at Ascot. And uh, so we all remember when uh, when he won that race that Gary just ran uh, ran up the whole straight uh, up to the turn to to greet his horse, and that was just a magic moment. You came to Arrowfield from the Argy Khan stud there in France, where you were breaking in yearlings. Just tell us a little bit about firstly at the Argy Khan, and then the move down to Arrowfield to Australia. Yeah, I did two seasons of uh, breaking in at, at Diego Can. Uh, yeah, I was very lucky to, to be able to, to work with some of the best bred horses in, in Europe, if not in, in the world. And thanks to the to the relation between uh, Diaga Cannon and Arrowfield, I got I got sent to uh, to Australia for uh, what was meant to be a six month experience, and uh, it's now been ten years now. Previous to Diaga Khan, you're working with Shadwell Stud in England, so. You really have experience. <laughs> some some of the best bloodlines in the world. Uh, yeah, I do, I do. I have seen a lot, and it, it was always my, my plan as I was younger to, to just be uh, be able to have experience with the best. There's no way I, I can become any good if I uh, if I don't work with the best tables. You've developed a bit of experience across all facets of the industry, Mark. So as we mentioned, working on stud farms, Shadwell Arrowfield, and breaking in yearlings as well and then you've come to the training side of things and progress there now to take out your own license was the training side of the industry more the side that always grabbed your attention or you're more interested in or was it just a case of they were the doors that were opening up and and now you find yourself taking on the challenge no i've, I've always been uh, passionate about the, the training side of of uh, racing and i love i love riding like i still, I still ride my horses myself and I, I always thought that that's what i wanted to do you're just starting out this training career but we've mentioned the different roles that you've had in the industry now the style of trainer that you want to be do you have a bit of an idea of of how you want to go about it and build this training profile or is it more of just a case of you got to take the what horses come and that'll sort of develop it Oh well, if, if I was to define myself as, as a trainer, I would say that I'm uh, very hands-on. I, I love the one-on-one the -on -one approach. I am I'm very close to my horses. Like I, I love to spend a lot of time with them. Like I'm uh, I'm, I'm really the sort of trainer that would rather spend a morning at the gallop than an afternoon at the races. So that that's really what what I love is training even more than racing itself. So and and with the experience I've got before, I've, I've developed to be a horseman before. Uh, before I really got involved into racing, so um, and and I yeah I ride most of my horses myself, and um, so yeah yeah just just a real handsome sort of trainer. 
And uh, I would also say that I'll be quite versatile because thanks to my experience, I, I think I, I can say that I will be able to train whether it's a two-year-old sprinter or, or, or an old stayer. I think I've got I've got the experience and uh, the knowledge to be uh, able to, to train is a is a type of horse. Well, that's one of the keys, isn't it? The the experience coming in. So, so you've got the northern hemisphere and and dealing with the way that they're their training and, and their techniques and then you've come to Australia and not only have you got the versatility of both hemispheres but you've gone takedown who was an early two-year-old winner and a you know sprinting sort of horse through rushing Camelot those middle distances and then a bit of polish on Val de Clare who was a Melbourne Cup winner so you really have experienced both both ends of the spectrum and you take things through when you go out on your own can't you? Yeah absolutely I think I've, I've got a complete resume for that I love to train the uh, traditional way which I've, I've learned in, in Europe but uh, what I also like in, in Australia is that, that we can add a bit of a modern touch training where, where uh, I will be using trackers for example and yeah it, it, it's going to be my training it's going to be a mix of a real traditional and, and modern training in the same time. We're seeing a big shift in the the way that Australians are training racehorses we had Steve Trevallier on the last episode of the Trainers Hut and he was discussing with us that Profiteer in his pre-training, he's doing a bit of dressage work, which uh, not so many years ago it would have been unheard of for a multi-million dollar cult to be doing dressage work before he came into training. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's something we see a, a lot more now. And I'm thinking, I, I see um, when I was at Rosie working for Gary, uh, I think Chris Waller was doing that a lot with his horses and, and with a lot of success. And and that, that's something I like. And, and not only dressage, but uh, changing the routine of, of the horses. They, they, just, they just don't like to do the same thing every day. And what Hawksbury bring is that we've got a few different tracks and we got trails so we can really take horses and do, do different things just to change their mind and then keep them happy setting up the stable mark how's the how's the building of the stable going there's a couple of horses already there you've brought a few with you from from danny's and one of them he's on the comeback path from the running the victoria derby and unfortunately developed an injury but he's going to be a, a long-term prospect and then there's a couple other horses that you've purchased recently at the English digital sale as well yes correct we've got a team of five horses at the moment so yeah you as you said Kenzan is uh, um, developed a chip in his fetlock after the, the Victoria Derby but uh, he's in rehab now and he's going really really well he's matured a lot so we we're quite excited to, to see him back at the race he's probably by, by the end of the year now um, we've also got a mare called Oceanayam that's uh, by Ocean Park she's uh, she's coming from Danny's as well and uh, she's still a maiden but but as you know, the, the Ocean Park up take a bit of time to mature, and, and I'm sure uh, as she's turning a four-year-old now, she'll uh, she'll win a few races for us. The two recent purchases, there's opportunities available: Tri Nations and Pitavago, new additions to the stable. Correct. Yeah, we've got a. Uh, th- those two have still got um, a few shares left. Uh, Tri Nation, I've just picked him up from uh, up the road from uh, Edward Cummings' yard. He arrived in great condition and uh, he showed a lot of ability as a younger horse. So with maybe a little change of scenery, uh, I think he'll uh, he'll be a lovely horse um, to look forward to. We've also got um, a mare that I feel like I've underpaid her because she, she looks absolutely amazing at the moment. Her name is Peter Vago. She's a four-year-old helmet mare. She's just run a second place in the last start, and uh, I've, I've just bought her in the last English digital sale, and, and she's going really, really well. I, I think she'll, uh, she will be racing in uh, probably just just under a couple of months now. And the last of the team of five we got is um, is a lovely yearling by No Nay Never, which uh, we've seen that he's winning uh, all over the world at the moment. 
and uh, she's being syndicated by um, a star blue at the moment. And outside, you, you sound like you got definitely got your hands full starting off the building the stable. We've got the property there. The sign's gone up out the front, which looks amazing as well. But what what sort of things do you do outside of the race course, Mark? Do you, do you have a chance to have a have a bit of a hobby or a passion outside of racing, or is it it's all consuming, isn't it? But it's good to have that little outlet. Well, yeah, I do when I've got a little bit of time, which doesn't happen a lot now. But uh, yeah, I, I, there's one thing I really, really enjoy outside of racing is uh, is motorbike racing, which is it's horsepower as well. And uh, yeah, as soon as I've got a moment, I jump on my bike. And, uh, I've done a little bit of racing in Victoria. Uh, I really love to, to follow the MotoGP as well. Oh, the MotoGP, you'd be a big fan of Fabio Quattararo's work at the moment. The Frenchman leading the MotoGP nicely and looks like he's going to run away with it. Oh, absolutely. He's flying this year. He's, he's only young, but he's going really well. Back to the horses. So the website's under construction. That'll be up and running soon. But you've got the Instagram, the Facebook pages, Mark Chevalier Racing. The listeners can jump on, follow and keep up to date with what's going on with the stable. Yes, correct. Yep. Follow us on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. Mark, thank you very much for joining me in the Trainer's Hut and look forward to seeing the name in the race book often in the next uh, little period and then in the next couple of years. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to um, have a few winners. Mark Chevalier joining me there in the Trainer's Hut. Certainly looks like he's going to be an asset to the industry with that training base. He mentioned a couple of horses that he has available there. If you'd like to get involved, head to Mark Chevalier racing on instagram twitter or facebook you'll be able to keep up to date and find out when that website drops get in touch with him and find out a little bit more he's always happy to have a chat mark about uh, what he's got planned there at hawkesbury and we can't wait to see it all unfold that's it for this week's edition of the trainers hut thank you very much for tuning in if this is the first episode that you're listening to you can find the show on apple podcast spotify as well as podbean it's also available on toblumbloodstock.com. If you're not across those channels, you can like, follow, subscribe. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. And you can always get in touch via our own social media channels. Search The Trainer's Hut across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you'll be able to get in touch. Let me know feedback, good, bad, or otherwise. Always happy to hear some suggestions for the show as we start to build up for the spring carnival now it's by gee it's definitely my favorite time of year we can't wait to get stuck into it that's it for this week's edition of the trainers hut though i'll see you next time i'm todd blum see you then